Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Good morning, South Coast Christian. How are we doing today? It is a great day. It is a great day to be in the house of God. How many of you are glad you're in the house of God today? If you're watching online, how many of you are glad you're watching online? Okay, we can't see your hand, but you know, put your hand up anyway. It doesn't matter if you're at home and you're enjoying breakfast, whatever it is. We are glad that you're with us here, and we are so glad that you're here in the house today. We want to talk about some really important things, but I first want to say thank you to Pastor Tom and Annette Westerfield. You are blessed with some amazing pastors, wonderful, wonderful people who are genuine. They love Jesus. They want to help you grow in your walk with the Lord And would you give them a hand? Because they are amazing. Amazing. Danielle and the team did a great job today leading us in worship. So great to be brought into the presence of God. Such an important thing that we come into the presence of God. Well, um, happy Palm Sunday. Turn Turn to your neighbor and say, happy Palm Sunday. If you haven't done it yet, happy Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. It's not the main focus of my message today, but it is something I want to talk about as a part of that because you can't have Palm Sunday and not talk about it because it's such a cool thing that happens. Today I want to talk to you about overcoming storms. And we deal with storms in life, don't we? There's, there's times that we deal with storms. You, you may have dealt with a storm out on, out on the ocean, out on the Pacific, but, but we deal with storms personally. We deal with storms in our finances. We deal with storms in in relationships and in, in school and in our job and in, in physical health and stuff that comes up. And because we just live life, sometimes the storms hit us in a huge way. Sometimes they're an attack of the enemy. Sometimes they're just living life. And it's really important that we handle storms well. And so if you have your copy of Scripture, would you turn with me to the Gospel of Mark today, Mark chapter 4, if you have it electronically, pull out your phone or whatever you got with you, your tablet, and follow along. I'd like to read a passage of Scripture starting in verse 35 through 41. And it says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crown, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, See, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, today in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we want to ask, Lord, that you would speak into our hearts and lives and that you would mold and shape us into the people that you want us to become. And I pray that when we leave here today, we leave here different because we've been in your presence. We've allowed your presence to change us from the inside out. And so, Lord, we open up our hearts to receive from you what you want to give us today. May we continue to become more and more like you as we follow you each day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I bring you greetings today on behalf of our district superintendent, Pastor Rich Guerra, who oversees approximately 1,200 credentialed ministers and 465 churches here in Southern California that are part of the Assemblies of God, from Fresno down to the Mexican border, from the ocean to the state borders. And I have the joy and the privilege of serving as an assistant superintendent. It's hard to believe, Pastor Tom, it is literally one year one year that I've been in this role, and uh, I, it was last Sunday a year ago that we said goodbye to Victorville, where we had pastored for 15 and a half years, a great 
time of ministry, and, and I may get into a little bit of that along the way here, but uh, God has seen fit to put us into this role where I oversee leadership development and all of our departmental ministries and churches in transition. So in, in many ways, I kind of almost serve like, a, like an executive pastor at the district office level for the Assemblies of God. And it's a joy and it's a privilege to serve. And so I want to bring greetings on behalf of our district superintendent, Pastor Rich Garrett, to you today. As I think about the storms that we deal with, storms can cause us to react differently. And one of the things that can hit us in a huge way is fear. And fear, quite honestly, can paralyze us. It it literally stops us in our tracks. And if nothing else, it causes us to impair our judgment in times where we're dealing with difficulty. I also want to share with you that fear is not from the hand of God. Yes, there, there is scripture that says fear not, and we need to make sure that we don't do that. We need to cast that fear aside, and, and we need to not walk down the road of being afraid. But there's also moments where the Bible says that we, we, we're healthy if we're fearing God. Well, that's different. When we fear God, we're, we're respecting him for who he is. And I'm not talking about that today. I'm not, I'm not talking about being in awe of who he is because God is awesome, right? We throw around the term all the time that, you know, this is awesome, that's awesome. I don't know if you, anybody else in the room do that. I do that. This is awesome, that's awesome. Well, quite honestly, only God is really awesome, right? And I'm, I'm not talking so much about the awesomeness of God today. I'm talking about being afraid. I'm talking about literally fear hitting you, worry, anxiety, stuff that comes our way. And, and I want to give you three keys to dealing with overcoming the storms of life, overcoming the difficulties that come our way in life. Number one, if you're taking some notes along the way, let faith, let faith win over fear. It's a choice that you and I need to make. We need to make sure that we let faith win over fear because there's moments that fear hits us and you've got a choice. Are you going to push through it or are you going to let it win in your life? I'll give you a quick example of that. Rhonda and uh, Rachel, Josh, we have two kids. Uh, Rachel, who's now married, and, and Josh, we were, we were vacationing in Hawaii, beautiful Hawaii. I don't know if you, anybody ever been to Hawaii. It's just amazing, right? So, so we were in um, Kauai, of all places, and uh, they they, the rest of the family, I did not vote on this, but the three of them conspired against me and said, we should go zip lining. I don't know if you've ever gone zip lining before, but you know, I just like, my, my daughter and my wife have no fear of heights whatsoever. They've jumped out of perfectly good airplanes, and I don't know why. I've been on the ground going, hey, how's it going, right? So, uh, and, and we went zip lining. And I remember we got up to the, 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 this course, rated one of the 10 best courses in the world. It was absolutely gorgeous. You're on top of this mountain, and you're overseeing the beauty of Kauai. And there's waterfalls, and there's green everywhere, and just absolutely gorgeous. And Josh was the first one to go. They hook him up to the line, and 35 miles an hour, he's gone. He's having a great time. Rachel's doing the same thing. 35 miles an hour, boom, he's gone. she's gone. And, and then they, they said, Dad, you're not going last. Now, that was a strategy because if I'd gone last, I'd probably still be standing on that platform today, if you know what I'm saying. So my wife, who is all of 5'3", by the way, uh, Rhonda, if you want, standing and wave at everybody and say hi. There we go. And, And so she pats me on the shoulder, you know, like, right? You can do this. Thank you. The guy who's hooking me up to the line, I'm looking at the cable, and I know what I weigh, and I know how thin that cable is. And I stood to the edge like this, and it's a 400-foot drop, and I'm going, dear Jesus. And he says, are you ready? And I looked at him, and this guy's probably 19, you know, and, and, and he, are you ready? Uh, no, I'm not. And he goes, well, you can do this. Just take a step, you know. I said, you may need to push me. He goes, I can do that. <laughs> and I finally mustered up enough courage to take that first step. And I screamed like a girl the entire way, right? <laughs> Facing your fears, right? 
You have a choice when fear hits you, are you going to press through that? See, courage is not the absence of fear as much as the ability to face the fears that you have in life. And your faith needs to win over your fear. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says it this way, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's got you in the palm of his hand. You're in the best place possible as you have relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's where you are today, you're in the palm of his hand and he's got you. He's got this. So there's not a single thing that that you can deal with in your life that God doesn't, he's not aware of. There's, God's not in heaven looking at that and going, ooh, I, I didn't expect that one, right? God understands the whole thing. He understands it better than you do. He understands it even before it happens in your life. He's got you, and he understands your considerations, your concerns, your stuff. It's really important that we realize the intensity of this text that we just read because the disciples, many of them, were fishermen, so for them to be out on the sea and to understand the intensity of the moment, Jesus, who's asleep on a cushion in the back of the boat, which we'll look at in just a second, and, and some of these disciples are fishermen. They knew what it was like. And yet when fear hits us, isn't it amazing how we jump to some conclusions that may not be the right conclusion? And spiritually speaking, in your life, you've got to, Guard yourself against jumping to the things that the enemy wants to trick you into believing that are not right. And so the disciples are saying, Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? They're fishermen. They get it. It must have been an incredible storm. Water's coming in the boat. They're going, man, we, this is it, dude. It's not found that way in the text, but you know. Dude, this is crazy, man. We're, we're, we're going down. Jesus, don't you care? How many of you know that God cares? And yet sometimes in the midst of the moment, the enemy can convince us that God, God doesn't care about you. And he does. He cares about everything that you deal with in your life. The very smallest thing, the greatest thing, the things in between. He, he cares about every aspect of your life. Facing your fears. Pastor Tom referenced the fact that in Victorville, we had the privilege, the opportunity of coming alongside of churches. And so we were presented the opportunity a couple of years into it. We got a call on the phone from our superintendent and, and he said, you know, John, I need some help. You've got two churches in your backyard, one in Apple Valley and one in Hesperia that need some help. Their pastors are retiring. They can't afford a new pastor. Can you help them? I said, sure, what do you want us to do? And he said, well, they're doing this new thing called, um, you know, parenting, and, and would you be willing to parent them? And I said, yes, I, we, we will. What does that mean? And, and so he gave an answer. To this day, it was really a vague answer, and thing, you know, we're, obviously we're trying to just figure it out as we go. And we said, yes. See, sometimes letting faith win over your fear is as simple as four words. Say yes to God. Say it with me. Say yes to God. Say it again. Say yes to God. It's as simple as that. It's not like rocket science as much as it is. I'm not going to let the fear win. I'm going to let faith win. So, so we, we put into action. We sent one of our staff pastors to Apple Valley, and, and some great things happened, and the church starts turning around, and that's awesome. And then we took on Hesperia, and I just want to tell you that, that there were a lot more issues that we had to overcome there. And this is not like you know, pointing a finger at anything as much as just the reality of where it was. And, and so as a board, we were praying about this for a couple of months. Should we take it on? Should we not take it on? And there was a thing that just I could not escape as the pastor that we were supposed to do this even though it wasn't going to be easy. How many of you know that following the will of God is not always easy? But following the will of God is the best thing you can do, saying yes to God. 
So we said yes to Hesperia, and we took it on, and there were some issues that we had to face, and we were walking through it, and, and yet to this day now, some great things have happened on that campus. All to the point of when we left a year ago, we had 15 campuses. We rescued seven. We planted seven churches, our own campus there in Victorville. And I'm telling you, there were times I was scared to death. Now, as a pastor, I'll just tell you, it's probably good not to always tell the congregation that you're scared to death. (laughs) But you just face the fear and go, God, I'm putting this in your hands because I know that I know that I know that you're asking us to do this, and I don't know how it's going to fully happen, but you're going to help us along the way. See, when you say yes to God, the Holy Spirit steps into that moment. He gives you strategy. He gives you ability to face the things that where doubt comes in, where anxiety comes in, where worry comes in, and all of a sudden, you can start turning your corner because you're giving the thing over to God. How many of you know that the best thing that you can do is give it over to God? Give it over to God. I'm reminded of a great passage of Scripture that comes to us out of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where it says, cast all, everybody say all, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. And so you can take all your stuff, all of of your garbage, all of the heaviness, all the things that you're dealing with that weigh you down and give them over to him. I'm also reminded that the Bible says to us that his yoke, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And we can find rest for our souls. So God wants us to hand the stuff over that we're dealing with. If we're dealing with a, a storm today, something that you need to overcome, you need to give it over to him. You need to let faith win over your fear. A second thing of three that I want to talk to you about today is that you need to know who the source of your peace is. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We know that it's talked about in the Old Testament, it's talked in the New Testament. We refer to it at Christmas time when, when we, we, we put it on Christmas cards that, that He is the Wonderful Counselor, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Jesus wants to give you peace. Jesus says, to us in his word. In John chapter 14, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Well, that's easier said than done, isn't it? So sometimes we need to constantly, on a daily basis, in fact, sometimes throughout the day, give our stuff over to the Lord and allow his peace to flood us because he is the Prince of Peace. If you don't have peace in your heart today, it's because the enemy has robbed you of that and you need to reverse that. It's a choice you need to make because you need to run to the Lord and allow the Lord's peace to fill you anew and afresh. It's a choice you need to make. The peace of God. Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. He's on a cushion. And in the midst of this storm, I, I, I can't sleep in a storm like that. I mean, I, I've slept through a lot of stuff, but, but I can't imagine being in a boat in, in the midst of water coming into the boat. And, and Jesus probably was exhausted because of ministry that had happened that day. But in addition to that, he slept because he's at peace. He's the prince of peace. Are some of your storms robbing you of rest, of sleep? Things that are keeping you up at night because your mind is going, because you can't seem to get rid of it. You can't seem to shut it off, and, and it's, it's, it's consuming who you are. It's consuming what you're dealing with, and, and yet Jesus wants to give us peace and rest within our lives, and he is the source of all of that. I think about how on Palm Sunday, Jesus entered Jerusalem. We see it given in the the Gospels, all of them, how Jesus came entering triumphantly on a donkey, of all things, on the colt, a a donkey that had never been ridden before. See, a donkey represents peace. There will be a day that Jesus will come riding on a white horse. Just look at Revelation 19. You don't need to look at it right now, but if you wanted to, you could. But but you, you see how Jesus comes back riding on a white horse, 
and that horse symbolizing war, that Jesus will bring judgment upon the nations. And out of his, out of his mouth, mouth is, is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And, and so he will speak, literally he will speak and things will happen. He's riding on this white horse and, and there's the armies of God following him all on white horses. And on his, 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 his body, is, is, is on his thigh, is, is tattooed literally this, this name, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is that amazing leader who will bring about an amazing, incredible change and he will speak it into existence just as in the book of Genesis God spoke the world and it was created. And so there will be a day that the Lord will deal with that. But that's not today. Jesus, as we celebrate the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, comes riding in a donkey. And people, this impromptu parade takes place as they take palm branches and they're waving it at Jesus. And, and you know, if it was in our culture today, it would be more like, woo, Jesus, you the man, right? But back in the day, it was Hosanna, which means save or save us, which became a, a wonderful shouting and, and praise adoration statement. The praise to the Lord, save us, Lord. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they took their cloaks, they took their jackets, they took their outer garment and, and they laid it on the ground and as Jesus is coming in, he's riding on this donkey and, and, and it's a symbolic of royalty. As literally they would lay these jackets, these cloaks on the ground and this donkey's riding in and Jesus is riding on this donkey and they're going, woo, dude, you're the man, right? And yet in the midst of that, there's always another storyline, isn't there? As the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, he stops at one point and tears flow from his eyes as he looks at Jerusalem and he sees what could have been. The peace that could have been offered to them. Knowing what he would face and knowing that there was a plot Stirring already. Because Jesus is entering Jerusalem on the heels of some major miracles that he had just done, including the raising of Lazarus from the dead, John chapter 11. I'm in John chapter 12 on the entry into Jerusalem. In fact, they not only wanted to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus too. Because the whole thing was a threat. So in the midst of all the good things that were happening in that moment, which were amazing and wonderful, the fact is, is that there's an undercurrent that takes place. And sometimes that's the way it is in life too. Because you may be facing some great things right now, but there's also sometimes an undercurrent that takes place along the way. Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, wanted to bring peace to them, and yet they missed it entirely. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says it this way. Do not be anxious about anything. How many times have you read the Bible and you thought to yourself, that's not easy? Let's just camp out on that for a second. Do not be anxious about anything. How, how, how well are we doing with that? Right? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's the key then. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I think about how when we do the right thing, it allows the peace of God to come in. So here's an important point is that you actually could be doing things that keep the peace of God at arm's length from you. Because you're, you're allowing worry and anxiety to hit you too hard. Let me remind you that worry and anxiety is not a spiritual gift. So don't embrace it. I've had people, as a pastor, I've had people tell me that, and, and they're here like, uh, well, Pastor John, you, you just don't know that I'm just a worrier. Like, like, they're embracing it like, this is who I am. I will never change. I am this way. It's my gift. No, it's not your gift. Give up your gift, you know? 
God doesn't want you to be a worrier. He doesn't want you to be anxious about anything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and, does, and, and the peace of God will come in. Have you ever given, on the positive side, have you ever given it over to the Lord? And in the midst of giving it over to the Lord, as you're praying through it, you've been in a situation where even before you saw the result of it, the Lord just gave you this incredible peace that came over you that, you know what? God's got this. It's going to be okay. That ever happened to you? It's happened to me many, many times. And it's important that we allow his peace to flood our souls. Can I get an amen to that? A third thing that I will leave with you today. So that we, first, that we let faith win over fear. Second, that we know the source of where our peace comes from. And then third, that you need to receive. Everybody say receive. Really important that we get this, that we receive God's answers that he wants to give us within our lives. That we receive his answers. In Mark chapter 4, verse 41, it says, They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They were freaking out. Fear was causing them to jump to conclusions that were not God's conclusions in the moment. There were natural human reactions, yes, but it's important that we put faith over our fear and that we allow the peace of God to flood us and, and give this thing over to him. And receiving God's answers is so important. How many of you like Christmas? Anybody like Christmas? I know we're almost on Easter, but I gotta just go with this, right? How many of you like I love Christmas. I, I'm the biggest Christmas kid you can imagine. So my birthday is the day after Christmas. So I, and we, we put this thing in our, into our family so that we can open up some gifts on Christmas Eve. We open the rest of the gifts on Christmas Day, and then I get presents the day after. I mean, it's the trifecta. It's amazing, right? It's just like amazing, right? And, and so I love giving gifts, but I also like receiving. How many, anybody like receiving gifts, right? The rest of you are lying. <laughs> you know, we, we love receiving gifts, right? And, and, and so if, if, if I was to give you a gift, and, and you said, oh, this gift is so beautiful. Maybe it was wrapped really nicely, and, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to look at this gift for the next four months. Right, thank you for that response. We would go, no way, man. Because receiving a gift doesn't mean that you just look at it and admire the packaging. It means that you rip into that Hummer, right? And, and I'm the kind of person, I am not, if you're the kind of person that carefully rolls your finger under the corners and you make sure everything looks, no, 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 that's, that's not me. That's why you have a trash can. And that's why you just rip that thing apart as quickly as you can to just see what the gift is, right? And so you don't take the gift that people give you and you don't put it on your mantle and go, oh, it looks so nice. Because here's the thing, is that spiritually speaking, we can look at the gifts that God gives us from afar and we can know about them, but we haven't fully received them until we've unpackaged it in our lives. Just ask Satan, ask the enemy. He knows all about God. He knows all about what God can do. And yet, has the enemy received that? No, he's rejected it. And in your life, my life today, I think sometimes as Christians, we can slip into becoming really good, really adept at at understanding the things of God, but sometimes pushing them away rather than really pulling them in. Rather than really receiving everything God has for us in our lives, we miss out on some of that because we have allowed the packaging to just look good. And, and we think, you know what, if, if, I just, if I just read this passage of Scripture on occasion, and if I do a little bit of this, and if I pray a little bit at, 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 at dinner time, you know, it's like sprinkling in a little bit of pixie dust here, here, here. Everything's going to be good. Well, the fact is, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, Jesus said, come follow me. If we're going to follow Jesus well, that means we need to live our lives 
in the same kinds of ways that Jesus did, as, as Jesus is leading us to lead our life today, it's not just getting a little bit of Christianity and sprinkling it over, over the top of our cupcake and kind of going, oh, good, I got some sprinkles on there. That's great. But really being a follower of Jesus means that we're going to unpackage this thing and, and really receive it into our lives. And so if faith is going to really flow in our hearts, if we're going to allow the Prince of Peace to really come into our lives in a fresh way, we've got to receive all of what God has for us. It's a choice we need to make. John 16, 24 says it this way. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. People are spiritually open in our culture today. If you go to a bookstore, well, if you can actually find a bookstore, you can see shelves of spiritual books. People are searching for stuff. If you go to the more common bookstore of today, Amazon, and you search, you can find all sorts of things out there because people are searching I'm here today to tell you that Jesus is the answer. And if you call upon his name, until now you've not asked for anything in my name, Jesus said. It's at the name of Jesus that, that the power, that the authority comes. It's not at your name. It's not at my name. It's at his name that great things take place. And when you call upon his name, wonderful answers can come forward. And so I want to share with you today how important it is that you receive what God has for you as you want to overcome the storms of life. Let your faith win. Make sure that the peace of God floods your heart and that you receive all of what God has and you walk in what you have received so you follow it well. If we don't put all of that into proper action, we're missing out on what God has for us. And the choice is yours. Just ask Jonah. God gave Jonah an assignment, as you may know. And in the midst of that assignment, Jonah said, no way, man, I'm out of here. And so he hopped on a ship and he tried to get as far away from God as he could. How many of you know you can't get away from God? God's got your cell phone number. He can call you anytime. <laughs> He's on this boat too, a place called Tarshish. Don't you love some of these Bible names? And while they're out on the water, a storm comes up, another storm. And the people on the boat, they're freaking out. Wow, so we seem to have a theme here today. And, and, and they're going, they're tossing things overboard. They're trying to figure out what in the world's going on. And, and Jonah, Jonah's just like chilling. And he's saying, you know, I'm the problem. And they go to Jonah, and they're like, dude, what did you do? Well, you know, I'm trying to get away from God. And he says, well, just toss me overboard, and everything will be fine. They're like, well, we're not going to toss you overboard. So they're tossing more stuff overboard, and then they decide, yeah, we're tossing Jonah overboard. <laughs> and so they do, and, and, then, and then everything gets calm, and they're like, whoa. And God sends a big fish. You know the story. And he sends a big fish, and, and Jonah gets swallowed up. He's inside the belly of the fish for three days. That's a typology of Jesus being in the, in the tomb for three days and then being resurrected from the dead because on the third day, Jonah spit out on dry ground. And, and I have this, this image of him on the beach kind of a little bit slimy and not smelling good at all. And God talks to Jonah, and Jonah goes, okay, I'll go. Well, I would hope so at that point. And so he goes. And he preaches the message that he didn't want to preach in the first place, but with everything he's gone through, he's going, I'm going. So he preaches at Nineveh, and he says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. That's the message he didn't want to proclaim, but now he's proclaiming it. And Nineveh, Nineveh, they repent of their ways. They put on literally sackcloth and ashes, and, and they're repenting of their ways, and they're calling a fast and all this stuff. And, and God sees, God sees what they do, and God relents. He doesn't bring upon them the calamity he had intended because he sees their heart. 
I share that with you today as we close. Because in the midst of the storms that you deal with, one, I don't want you to have to go through what Jonah went through. The easier way is just say yes to God. And avoid the belly of the fish stuff that you have to sometimes endure. But in addition to that, as you continue to come before the Lord, the Lord sees your heart. And as you pray, he understands your circumstance. He knows it better than you know it yourself. So as we close today, I want to pray for two things. I first want to ask if there's anyone in this room, you're dealing with a difficult thing right now. Your storm, yeah, worship team, if you want, count them up, that'd be great. If you're dealing with a storm, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what the storm is. Maybe it's, maybe it's a physical thing that you're dealing with. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's someone in your family. Maybe it's something at school. Maybe, maybe it's something at work. I don't know what it is. God knows what it is, and certainly you know what it is. And I want to pray for you. And so would you take a moment, just bow your heads with me across this room today. And if you're dealing with something that's a storm, it is not easy. You're facing it right now. And you're saying, God, I just need some help with this thing. I, I need you to step in. I need you to, to solve this problem, to take care of this situation. I need your help. If that's where you are today, I'm not, I promise I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But if that's where you are today in this moment, I'm going to actually ask you to do a bold thing. And I'm just going to ask you to stand wherever you are in this room today. Just stand to your feet. If you're dealing with something that's intense, maybe it's between you and God. Maybe nobody else knows about it. But it's something that is hitting you today. It's something that's difficult that you're facing. I want to pray for you. Yeah, people are standing. I'll wait just a moment because there may be a couple more of you. And I want to include you in this prayer. And the reason I'm having you stand is that I want you to put action, faith to your fear, to your stuff. God, I'm, I'm dealing with this thing and I'm standing in your presence today because I need you to help take care of this. I can't do it by myself. And you can do it way better than I could ever do it. So I want to give it over to you. That's what you're saying. That's where you are today. Just stand wherever you are. And then I want to pray for you. Let's pray, shall we? Father, today, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that your word says, for God so loved the world, that your love is so great, so amazing, so awesome, that as we stand in your presence today, we're not standing because of anything other than the fact that we need your help and we know that you care about us, you love us, you're compassionate. And so, Lord, we want to cast our stuff upon you. All our anxiety, all our worries, all our fears, all the, all the stuff that we've not been able to solve yet, Lord, and, and, and we want to give it to you, Lord, and we thank you that, that you're, when we leave it with you, we leave, we leave it in the best place possible. So, Lord, I pray today across this room, every single person who's standing, we're standing for different reasons, different things that have happened. But, Lord, we thank you that you know it better than we know it ourselves. And so, Lord, would you intervene? Would you fix the problem? Would you bring healing into lives? Would you bring restoration and reconciliation into relationships? Would, Lord, you bring breakthrough where breakthrough is needed, where things have been stuck. They've been stuck in, in, a, in, in the mud. They've been stuck in a bad place. And, and, Lord, would you unstick that? Would you move it forward? God, I pray that you would take care of your people today. 
and that spirit of God, you would just sweep across this room and that you would minister powerfully as only you can because you are amazing. You are awesome. You are glorious. Father, I want to include anyone online right now who may be dealing with the same thing and they're at home, they're wherever they are watching this and, and they're saying, I need some help too. Please include me in that prayer. So God, for every single person who's in a sense standing in their own home, I pray that you would reach out to them today too and that you would touch them and that you would miraculously reverse the circumstance, change the situation, speak life where life is so desperately needed. We bless your name for that. We bless your name. Now all of you who are standing, take a moment in your own way and just say, thank you, Lord. Just thank him. Just thank him. Even before you see the result of it, say, thank you, Lord, that you love me, that you care about me, that you not only hear this prayer, but thank you, Lord, that you're working on my behalf. And even before I see the result of it, Lord, I pray that as we give thanks to you, that you would flood us with your peace, peace that surpasses understanding, that you've got this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for intervening in each one of our lives. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're being seated, would you continue in this spirit of prayer as we just continue to bow before the Lord? One of the things that the Lord dealt with me many, many years ago is, is an opportunity for people to come into relationship with Him whenever I preach. And so I want to give you that opportunity today. The facts are very simple. That every single one of us in this room has messed up at some point in time in our lives. That mess up is called sin. That sin puts a blemish on your life and keeps you away from God. It is impossible. It's not difficult. It is impossible for a sinful, blemished person to approach a holy God. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came. We're celebrating it this week. Jesus came to willingly lay down his life for you and me. That he who was without sin took the weight of the world, the sin of the world on his own shoulders to provide a pathway for us to have eternal life. He became the bridge, the bridge between us and God. It's impossible for you to make up that deficit on your own. You can't do enough good things to build that bridge. You've got to receive a Savior who can take away your sins. And the only one who can do that is Jesus. Bible says to us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Many of you in this room, you've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That's an amazing thing. And this should be a moment in a sense of celebration in your heart. But there could be some in the room that you've never fully invited Jesus into your life. You don't know that you know that you know that if you were to die today, you would go into the presence of God. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what happens to everyone who has a relationship with Jesus. That as you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you don't need to worry about death. You cross over from death into life. Jesus is the one who invites you in. You go directly into his presence. If you're not sure where you're going to go, you can know that today. Would you bow your heads with me one more time? once again, in the quietness of this moment, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But as we just bow in God's presence, if you'd like to build a relationship with Jesus, if you'd like to invite him into your life, as the book of Revelation says that Jesus is the one who stands at the door and knocks, he's knocking on the door of your heart today. If you want to invite him into your life, if you want to know that you know that you know that your sins are forgiven and that you have eternal life, I want to pray for you. 
not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But just as we bow in God's presence, if that's what you would like, I'd like for you to raise your hand to heaven and say, God, see me today. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want eternal life. That's what I want. I see two hands. I see three hands. I see four hands. Is there anyone else today? It's the most important decision you can make. It's between you and God. But it's a choice. It's a choice of you saying yes to the Lord today. A choice of you putting your faith into action. Thank you, I see five hands. Is there anyone else? I just want to pray for you. If you're online and that's where you are today, you just raise your hand wherever you are and say, God, see me today. You're not raising your hand to me. You're raising it to God. You're saying, God, I'm ready. I want to do this. I want to invite Jesus in my life. I'd like to lead us in what I'll call a repeat after me prayer. It's a prayer of dedication. If you want to invite Jesus into your life, as you pray this prayer, invite him in. Make the ask. You don't need to try to convince him as you pray because he wants to do this for you. All you need to do is invite him and ask him. He'll do it for you because his heart's to do it for you. He's just waiting for you to ask. Let's all pray it together, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus into this world to die upon a cross to forgive us of our sins. Today, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. Please take away my sins and give me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's celebrate that, shall we? Praise God. You know, the Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice. There's a party going on in heaven because five of you raised your hand today. Whether it's one, whether it's five, whatever the number is, heaven rejoices. I made that decision when I was nine, 51 years ago. Yes, I'm 60. I hate to admit that. I'm 60. Best decision of my life. Second best decision, marrying that lady right down there. But best decision of my life, receiving Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Some of you, you've just done that for the first time. It starts a journey. Nobody's better than anybody else in the journey. The foot of the cross is level. Nobody's better than anybody else. But some of us have been in the journey a little bit longer than others have. And so as we close the service off today, Pastor Tom, the worship team, who's here already, the prayer team, they're gonna come forward. And, and maybe, maybe you wanna just seal the deal. Maybe you wanna connect with Pastor Tom or one of the prayer partners and just quietly tell them, hey, I was one of the five that raised my hand today. If you don't have a Bible, we'll, we'll figure out a way to get a Bible in your hand because God's word changes everything. If you have a Bible, start reading in either the Gospel of John or the Gospel of Mark and start asking questions of the Lord and start praying. And if you're here like, I, I don't know how to pray, call upon the name of the Lord. Ask Jesus to help you. And maybe as important as all of that, if you don't have a church home, you just found it. South Coast Christian. That's your new church home. That would have been a good place for all of you to cheer, actually. So let me try that one more time. If you haven't found a church home, it's South Coast Christian. There you go. Can I also say one other thing? This week is the week where people are more open to spiritual things than any other time of the year. Pastor Tom talked about inviting your friends. There are more people that would be open to coming to church with you on Good Friday night or on Easter Sunday morning than any other time. 
we, we may have something going on. We may not be able to make it back next week, but we may make it back next week. And if we do, I'm going to be cheering Jesus on. I'm going to be cheering you on. I'm going to cheer the pastor on as he brings a word to us. Right? And I'm going to be looking for new people. And I'm going to be trying to be God's hand extended to love on some people that I don't know. We can all do the same. Because there's a world of people out there that need Jesus. And God wants to use you and me to be a part of building bridges into other people's lives. Would you stand with me across this place today? And as we do so, prayer team, come forward. Pastor, if you wouldn't mind coming forward, let me dismiss you with a word of prayer. If you want to come forward and have special prayer, please do so. Father, I pray that as we leave this place today, we would not leave your presence, but rather, Lord, we would allow your presence to change us and mold us and shape us into your image, your likeness, becoming more and more like you each step of the way. And I pray, Lord, that in this week, on starting today on this Palm Sunday, leading up to next Sunday, Easter Sunday, that each and every day that you would speak life into us, Lord, that we would draw closer to you, that we would look at the events of this week 2,000 years ago in a new and fresh way. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to your people. Thank you, Lord, for blessing our lives. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes fixed on you as we face the storms that come our way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.